0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Self Care with Gracie podcast. Uh, I'm here today with a, for a really special conversation with um, a woman named Jessie Marcus. And Jessie, she lives in Kansas City, um, and she is a um, what is the word? A pa- the pastoral care and, um, and minister at a church called Jacob's Well Church, which I heard about from this woman named Sarah that I went to college with, and Sarah and I follow each other on Facebook, and. And I've been talking about self-care practices uh, in terms of how they relate to us and, like, the life that we want to create. And it, it, it was interesting. It started from this conversation where about, like, taking sick days and, like, the guilt that we feel over these sick days. And mm-hmm. Sarah wrote me being like, why do I feel so guilty? And I'm like, why do I feel so guilty? And she, she pointed me to the work of Jesse, And I listened to a sermon that she gave about how our inner self-care really corresponds to the social justice um, that we are looking to create in this world. And, and it was a connection that like felt so intuitively right to me when I heard it, and yet I never heard it articulated so beautifully. And, and what touched me so much about what Jesse said was just the honesty of her own experience Is that it's not the super simple thing that you're just like okay take better care of yourself and then we have this great world it's like it's, it is a little bit of a, a painstaking conversation and process that we need to have in order to really get to the bottom of like why we don't always take care of ourselves and why it's so hard to rest and give ourselves mm-hmm.
1: the things that we need
0: and how that, how that affects the world around us so I'm really honored to have her here she um Graduated from Westmont College and has a Master's in Divinity from Solar Seminary and lives with her husband and three children um, in Kansas City. And that's I, I just wanted to add that dimension to it as well that like um, it, it really sounds like you have your plate full, Jesse. So I, I appreciate you taking this time and really excited to hear your insights here. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, absolutely. I am really excited about this conversation. I've been looking forward to it. So, I, And part of the reason I'm excited, too, is I just feel like um, the ability to articulate this and to have dialogue around it continues to bring to the forefront of my own mind, right, and in my own life just the significance of this topic of rest. Um, and I even got hooked on your, your podcast, Gracie, just listening. There's something really powerful about people's stories. Um And so I just think what you're doing is really important and significant um, and so I'm really honored to be talking to you today and you you already said it in such an articulate way. <laughs> that was such a good introduction too so so thank you first of all for what you're doing. Um, it's really helpful mm, i I really appreciate that jesse
0: and and it, it's true. it's like there's so much that can come out through our conversations.
1: Mm-hmm. And um,
0: I just had a client say, like, compare his mind to, like, a casino or, like, the, you know, there's no windows to the outside and, like, every, you feel like there's a lot of life in action, but it's, like, once we start to talk to other people and we kind of open those windows
1: and we right. realize
0: that, like, this, it, that our presence really does matter and we, and we kind of know what to do in a lot of ways, but we have to find ways to articulate it. So I'm, I'm really passionate about open and meaningful conversation and providing spaces for that. Yeah. So it's... Yeah. And, and when I heard your your sermon, the, the thing that really struck me about it was it, it felt like a conversation. Like, I felt like we were having a cup of tea together and you're, you're uh-huh. you were telling me what was going
1: on. Oh, that's great. Well, that's – usually sermons are birds out of conversations for me. So maybe that's why I just – again, like, the power to me is of hearing other people's stories. You know, I can think about things in theory, especially a topic like rest in particular. I think – it's one of those things that I can think is relevant and kind of know intellectually in my mind, but it doesn't find much of a way to intersect or find any way into my life until I start hearing people's stories a little bit, you know? And so sermons like those are birthed out of conversations of of talking, you know, with other people, which is why I think this is so important um, to be having these conversations Um yeah, and again, like, I think for me, too, just the the topic of rest, um, it's not something, it's something I think that I found out because I wasn't good at it, if <laughs> that makes any sense. <laughs> uh, yes. I think I, I tripped on it. Um, because, um, and, I, and this sounded true, actually, for listening to a few of the other interviews that you've done, of like, this is really hard, you know? I think, um, in particular, as women, I think virtually everything in life conspires against rest and so it's a very countercultural decision to um, make, and I think it requires effort, which sounds funny when you're talking about rest. But I think it requires real intentionality, for me anyway, um, as a parent and as a wife and as a pastor um, and as a friend and just a person, especially I think in Western industrialized culture, it requires real intentionality or else it just plain old doesn't happen. And I, I don't think that I realized that until I... Hit burnout mode several times in a row, and in a row, and realized that I was in a little bit of self-destruction mode. Um, and I, I don't know how long I would have kept doing that if I didn't realize the impact that it wasn't just having on me, um, but on everyone around me, on my family, on uh, my friendships, um, and that—that's really what triggered me thinking about. Um, when I don't rest and when I am not well, I'm not only unable to care for myself, I cannot pour out to anyone else in my life around me either. Um, And then it started me thinking just about the cultural phenomenon too of that, about when none of us rest, how it literally creates a a system of anxiety in which no one is able to rest, Um, that it just perpetuates, kind of this this myth or this lie um, that we can't stop. And that became really a significant thing um, for me. And then I think thinking beyond that, just culturally, the, the space that we're in, I think this is an incredibly, maybe one of the most important conversations we could be having. So. Wow.
0: I, I really appreciate you sharing that because it's, it's easier in some ways, especially when you're in a position of being a leader for other people to like, just pretend like you have all that stuff all figured out and just give the advice. Right. <laughs> we, we all kind of know, you know, that right. we need to like take a break, but like to talk about yeah. what fuels us not taking a break. I think it's, it's like, it's easy to talk about what we should do. It's way more important to talk about why we don't do what we know we should do. Absolutely. Because once we go in there, then we can like really figure out the roots of it. So, um, from, from your own experience, do you feel like you've been able to identify, like, what do you think is, is fueling that that idea that we always have to be going and that we're not allowed to take a break? Yeah, I
1: mean, I, I, I don't know if there's a particular narrative for women in particular um, just about being responsible. <laughs> I think that's one of them is just this need to be care-give and to put ourselves last. Um, I, I think that's certainly has um, a part in it. I also just think, you know, I, I think there is this phenomenon. Again, I come from a, from a Judeo-Christian standpoint, of, too, of just seeing um, the way in which I see the world ordered is by these natural rhythms of dormancy and fruitfulness, seasons, basically, that we're set up with, where our bodies are made for, for sleep and for rest. Um, but also for work. Um, And I think, to me, what ends up happening is when we ignore those natural rhythms, I I don't know that we have taken quite seriously enough that, you know, Newton's law of motion, basically, that that objects in motion, they tend to stay in motion, Um, and how hard it is to make ourselves stop, especially in a society um, that says that you never need to stop. Um, I I see it around me in in the world just in terms of like endless consumption. You know, Brene, have you read any of Brene Brown's stuff before? Oh, yeah, preach, preach. I, I love Brene. Oh, my word. That woman, <laughs> I, she has hit some cultural nerve that I think – it's kind of a phenomenon. I mean, when you see the amount of um, just hits that she's had on just even her YouTube video, honestly, of the, the gift of vulnerability, but she she has done so many, to me, fascinating things that we have been so – that are running under the surface of our culture, just like this endless need to consume, this myth of scarcity that there's never enough, Um I think it runs rampant, honestly. And to me it is just it went to me it's at the heart of so many things, Gracie. I just see it um running people into the ground, A when those of us at the 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 top, right, the middle to upper class folks um at the top of the the power chain, um I think we have a problem with addiction, honestly, to consumption and to work and to never resting, and I think it filters all the way down um, to the bottom of those who lack resources, who get caught up into the system of anxiety, who don't have the ability to rest because they can't make ends meet. Um, They get caught up into this this, um, cycle of never ending, there is never enough. And I think it, it swallows all of us whole. And the fascinating thing, you and you can interrupt me, I get preachy about this. So stop me anytime you need to. I, do. I so love I it so think, much. Yeah, you're just everything you're saying, I'm like, Amen, this is great. <laughs> well, so the thing that I think is so fascinating is I think we culturally get that something is really off here. Um, that something is going really wrong. And so The fascinating thing to me, though, that ends up happening is what I've been thinking of lately as faux rest, like not real rest. It's um, really more distraction than anything. Um, There's some very fascinating studies that have been done scientifically. um, In our brains, what happens um, when we're looking at screens is that we go into this like almost sleep cycle a little bit, you know, and I don't know if there is anyone else in the world like me, but sometimes I will find myself when I'm under anxiety or pressure um, reaching for my phone um, as a way to distract and maybe even laying in bed at night and like flipping through Facebook endlessly or Instagram or whatever. And it's this way of, it's faux rest, it's distraction, but it's not real rest. And so I have become fascinated too just with those things um, that we get distracted by Um, that aren't real rest, um, but they somehow allow our brains to shut off a little bit, but not really. Um, And it just, to me, we're in this most interesting um, cultural moment uh, where we've kind of lost the ability to stop and to be bored, um, which means we can't be creative (laughs) um, and, and we can't really rest. We can't ever really shut off and I think it consumes everybody from those um, at the very top of the food chain all the way down to those at the very bottom of the food chain and it's just a fascinating moment in time which to me conversations like these are the kind of like to me it's like planting little seeds I hope um, <laughs> for for a different narrative of the way that this can be and it requires again, I think just the most intentional effort um, in order to create first rhythms for our own selves, and I think it can't start anywhere else, and that's the really hard part, is that we can't say, all right, let's, let's start by out there doing this, but I think it's an internal discipline first of learning what real rest looks like for our own selves before we have any ability... Um, to to make those kind of assessments for a culture at large or for other people.
0: Mm. Yeah, I I completely agree, and it's it's interesting because you're talking about the Judeo-Christian background and cycles of rest and fruitfulness. I am a, more in a yogic background, um, yes. and, and in the Vedic philosophy, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's like yeah. there are cycles of life around us that the, the five elements that my body is made up of, like earth and water and fire, like aren't any different than the five elements outside of my body. And yeah. it's like, when you really think about it, it doesn't make sense that like the world would be separate from me or you, because we're part of the That's world. Right. And yes. so all of the cycles that are affecting everything around us are also affecting us. Yeah. And um, one of my favorite quotes in Ayurveda is by Dr. Vasant Lad, and he says, um, "We must never confuse the habitual with the natural." Mm. And it's it's what I say to people when they're like, "But I'm just a night owl." Yeah. <laughs> you, have, you have a habit of staying up late, you know, and not and not right. Right. And, and it's like the looking at like what that does to us is it imbalances us. And it's right. and I like the word imbalance because it takes the right, right or the wrong out of it. It's not like I'm good or I'm bad for staying up late or no. going to bed early. But it's more like what, what puts me in the balance and what takes me away from balance. And a and right. really important concept in yoga and Ayurveda is that like once we start to get a little bit out of balance, the, the craving actually becomes to imbalance more,
1: which mm-hmm. is why we're
0: like stressed out and reaching for our phones.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, like,
0: exhausted and still up, like, pressing play on another episode of Netflix, something, or watching there. Like, it's, exactly. It's like, I think that's where the intentionality really comes into it, is looking really clearly at what what's, how we feel. Like, and that means, you know, dropping into a layer of, like, self-awareness that sometimes we don't have when we're in that, you know, casino of our minds and stressed out. And then from that place, really being like, okay, well, what,
1: not what do I want to do, but what do I actually need
0: to do to start to feel balanced and, and like, present again?
1: That's exactly right. And that is a hard question because sometimes I think, I don't know if this is true for anybody else, but, like, sometimes I can't even get quiet enough to know what that is. Does that make sense? Like... I can't even discern the thing that actually would feel restful because because of exactly what you've just said I do I think we get into these cycles in which it just sets me into these patterns of not not being well you know um yeah it it's 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 real effort it really is work you know um when the most helpful things that I've read about this is this woman named Barbara Brown Taylor Um, she encouraged you know there's this Jewish practice is one of the Ten Commandments which I also find it fascinating that it's a commandment (laughs) um, is for Sabbath is to stop to stop work, to cease, and to rest, to find that balance like you're talking about between those rhythms. And I do think we're we're made to work, right? Like that does, there's something very good about work. It's not that work is bad, but the problem is work without stopping is bad. Um, that sets us into some of those cycles. And so what Brene Brown, what she was saying is, you know, try this. She said, take a piece of paper, and write on one side a list of, like, what you're saying there, Gracie. Like, what would rest look like in your life? And dream about it. Dream big. And don't make judgments. You know, don't, don't, don't try and get too, um, like, analytical at this point. But dream big. Like, what would, that, what would feel good? What would feel really restful to you? What would your life look like? Maybe it's a story about what your life would actually look like. Um, and make a list of those things. And then on the other side of the paper, just draw a line. And on the other side of the paper, write down um, what in your life gets in the way of rest. Um, And, again, like you were saying, it can be those just those cycles that get out of balance in our life. For me, it can be, um, you know, work or that not stopping or the need to care give um, or just, you know, feeling tired or overwhelmed or responsibility, um, kids, <laughs> lots of things can get in the way of rest. And then what she says at the bottom, which is what I love, is because what you said I think is so important, is that like shame and guilt or feeling like you're bad uh, if you don't rest um, is actually incredibly unhelpful. Um, I don't think shame ever motivates anyone to make any real change in life ever. Um, and so what she says is just promise not to shush your heart when you're longing for the side of Sabbath. Um, and I just and it's really powerful and that's really true. She said even put the list up and somewhere in your house where you can see it often, you know, where you run into it and you can be reminded of that desire um, of your your body. Of your mind and your heart for, for that kind of balance that you're talking about.
0: Mm. Yes,
1: yes, but like
0: that. That everything that like is going to help us is going to come from awareness and gentleness.
1: yeah, and that
0: like and and just to like I love that idea. And I, and I, if anyone's listening right now, and they're like, "That's too simple," like you should do it. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: <laughs> it's, it's, like, not, it's, it's, it's not easy right? it's simple but it's not,
0: not easy, easy. Right? Yeah, yeah it's like we think we kind of know it and then we write it down and we're like oh and then once Ooh. you write it down you see it you're like okay well this is this is what I have to start doing and, it, and like when yeah. I work with people it's, it's never crazy stuff that we come up with it's like can you put your phone away half an hour earlier so oh my you can gosh. like you know settle in before you go to bed and it's like yeah, yeah I can I do can. that but it's like people we have to like ask ourselves to do it and then And then I think another really big part of this conversation is we have to look at, like, what is underneath the anxiety that's That's feeling no rest. And I I think that this might be, for me, one of the most important parts of this conversation is that for so long I I assumed that the anxiety was either just natural to life or, like, a pathology that I needed to fix. And now I realize that the anxiety is, is actually covering up the real emotion that's there that needs to be dealt with when, when I do start to rest and let my guard down a little bit, that there's, there's sadness there, there's grief there, there's yeah. anger there, but then there's also deep joy and, and connection and fulfillment. It's like all of my life is just bubbling under the surface of that anxiety, but mm-hmm. since we live in this culture where you know we're really taught to just be, like as Brene Brown says, we're taught to be perfect and that perfect is a really good thing and that it's actually in some way attainable, which it's not, just for the record. In um, <laughs> case anyone out there is still wondering about this, totally not.
1: <laughs> it's just um, not. It's just not gonna happen.
0: It's just not there. Yeah. So we can just throw that out the window right now. Yeah. But the, the, the perfectionism is actually it's like a shield that we use to cover ourselves from from real life, which That's you know. Right. I lived in Latin America, out of the Peace Corps in Peru, and and just being there, it's like you're so in the life cycle when you're there. You are. You're waking up with the sun. You know, you're yes. dealing with animals that are dying and people that are sick, yeah. and, and it's like there's no separation. And here we have a more sterilized culture where we have this idea that we could kind of get our. We, I mean, it's the root of it all, that we could we could avoid death in some way or getting old. Yeah. And and like, it's. I think once we can really accept that we are part of this life cycle and that it's not a bad thing, it's actually a life-giving process. It it, it really helps. But it's that's where the conversation gets pretty deep. I think.
1: Oh no i and i and that this is where like you know a half an hour forty five conversation I mean, I'm just itching to talk about these things more because I think you're hitting on so many significant things, like even the destruction of our planet, right, and of the the things around us is I think at the root of us, this heart of anxiety where and I do think this is a an industrialized nation phenomenon. Um, because like you're saying, in other parts of the world that are more connected to the earth, um, that are more connected to the natural rhythms of the way that this is set up to be of fruitfulness and dormancy. I mean, I just think even like, you know, we're about to head into winter in Kansas City, and naturally the world around us shuts down. And I think it is such an interesting thing that, really what happens culturally is around the holidays in particular. I was talking to one friend who said, you know, I feel like I get to around Halloween time and it's like somebody else puts their foot on the gas pedal and is pushed all the way down and I'm holding on to the steering wheel and I am just trying to like steer all the way through the holidays. (laughs) And I was like, wow, that's such an interesting thing that like the world around us is shutting down to sleep, right, and to take very seriously stopping and rest and quitting and, you know, and practicing death, honestly. Like, and all we do is ramp up. And I just wonder, what is at the heart of that? Why why is there that need to ignore this these seasons that we are set up, um, I think, to... It, it just makes me wonder, like, how much of that affects then the way we treat our planet and the way that we treat our resources just being so disconnected um, to the rhythms of the way that everything works, including our own bodies. Um, and, and I think you, the other thing that you hit on, though, is just that the what is underneath it. Oh, my gosh, Gracie, I just, I think, again, the... The problem is is that we get into these cycles of distraction and so that we can't feel some of the more broken things or things that are underneath that aren't letting us enter into real rest. Um, and that, that is, that's some deep work right there. And, and that may be the most important work that we can possibly undergo, but maybe the stuff that I avoid the most, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, oh, completely. Because it, it hurts. Like it's just not so good
0: to go. Actually, it's it's interesting. It's like the moment when I begin to go into grief
1: is so painful.
0: Mm. Like, and then then once I'm in there, it's so it's such an interesting place. Like it's so nuanced. There's so much texture. And and I, like, when I really go into it, I'm usually journaling. That's, I, I can't just go in there with my mind alone. I need, like, a tool to, like, have some, yes. some way to let some of it out. So I need, I need yep. to journal and I need to write. And I, I, last weekend I was I was feeling just, like, a little sad. I woke up in the morning and, you know, kind of, kind of starting to do my routine and noticing I was staying really busy. And I was, like, whatever this is, I don't think it's going to go away. I was, like, I need to write about this. And yes. the moment I sat down, it was, like, sobbing for half an hour of just writing, Stuff that was so, it just needed to come up. And, and once I was yeah. there and crying, I was like, so it was, it was cleansing. Like I was so glad that I was doing it, but it, it's right. like that fear of like stepping into it, like because it, it it is you're falling away from like that safe, certain, comfortable way of life, and and what you're falling into is something that you you have to like not be as in control. It's it's a right. process that lives you through. And, like, oh, my gosh, Jesse, the, like, practicing death, I'm, I'm, I'm going to borrow that. Like, that is just, it's a beautiful concept. It's, like, can we, can we just practice what it is to let go, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it'd be one thing if we could keep ourselves safe from it. Like, that, that would be a whole different conversation. We could talk about the merits of that, but it's, like, we can't. Like, we will reach a time in life where we have to let go of people we love. We have to reach a time in our life yeah. where we have to let go of our own lives. And and even in the short term, just letting go of relationships or letting go of opportunities that don't that aren't right. If there's a grief in yes. everyday living that, right. that makes that makes the beautiful moments really beautiful. And like, there's a reason that we have this ritual of sharing light around the holidays because we're in the darkness and it's so right. deep. And then we can, and then we bring the light of our consciousness to it. And we that's that's the connection that Brene Brown talks about too, of just like that ability to like really. Have someone meet us in the loneliness and the darkness and in the sadness that's and right. the light that that can bring. And to me, that's the most life affirming thing that can happen when when we do embrace vulnerability.
1: Yes. Yep. Yep. You're hitting on something. And and this is maybe the most important thing in my life. Is is that is that the other people part, <laughs> um, and and the right other people part. I just got back. Um, from a trip with my, and this is actually one of those, I, I take this really, really seriously, these rhythms of rest, a because I'm not very good at them, and I know I need <laughs> the thoughtfulness around it. Um, and so one of the most important things that I do throughout my year is that there is a weekend set aside, and I just got back from that with about two weeks ago with my nine um, closest college girlfriends, and they are these women um, who we have seen one another through so many seasons of life, through, like, the death of spouses already and the death of parents and cancer and um, birth of children and new jobs, you know, and all of the stuff. And it's one of these weekends where I walk in and I just am so deeply known um, and that there is something inside of me that unlocks and it is deeply restful. Like, it is so deeply restful. And I need that, right, And I, because I cannot do this on my own. I just, I simply can't, the the weight of different things in life, it's just too much to carry on my own. And those reminders of, I need people around me who are also, because I do think that rest is a countercultural um, concept, and idea. It, I think it requires a village, basically, to do this well, or even to do it at all, maybe, not even do it well, But but to have people that will call out at me like, hey, stop, you know, when was the last time that, you know, you, you say that that day off is so important to you, so why isn't that happening right now? Or. You know, it's really restful to you. You've told me this before: is going outside and looking up at the sky, and going on a walk, and laying on the ground. You know, like those are the things that are restful. Where is that? You know, and and I need desperately those people in my life who um, who are committed to that and who can gently call those things out in me because um, I just I can't do it on my own. If that makes any sense, so it makes
0: complete sense. And it's, it's one of those experiences as you're saying it, I'm like, oh, I can feel it, you know, I feel the yeah. power of that connection. And, and
1: mm-hmm. there's a
0: concept in Ayurveda that it's called Ojas, and it's, what it means is, like, connectivity, and, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's, it's used to describe the immune system of, like, its resiliency and its connectivity in the body, mm-hmm. but it's also you cultivate Ojas outside of yourself through, you know, sleeping and eating good food and proper digestion but the way that you get it the most is through connectivity of other people, of, like, being huh. open in relationships. And and it's one of those things that, like, of all the motivators for me to look at my perfectionism is that I realize that it actually robs me of the connection that, like, I, I so deeply desire. It's, like, right. it's, such a, it's such an essential part. And, and it's something that when I lived in Latin America, I experienced so fully is that just that right. present moment attention of, of being able to sit with people, and to the point where I was bored. I mean, like we didn't talk about things; we didn't have clever, witty conversations for the most part. We, just, <laughs> we were just with each other, and that yeah. And it's one of the things that makes me the saddest. Like when you talk about like this culture where we are not only just exploiting our own resources, but we're exploiting like the human resources of those who are at the bottom of the economic chain. That yeah. it it that, like, this is not their culture, you know, that their culture, and I'm speaking, thinking of them in our country primarily being Latin American, and, like, the, right. the culture that I know of Latin America is one of, like, openness and looking people in the eye and, like, enjoying the moment, for, even if it's a simple Saturday at the park and, you know, sitting around and eating some food. It's, like, it doesn't have to be extravagant, but it, um, I think we have a lot to learn
1: <laughs> from those
0: cultures, actually, as as we bring our own culture to back to a place of normalcy and, and oh, like, human value.
1: That is exactly right. I, I actually deeply concerns me. I think it's such an interesting um, term that we use in terms of developing countries, and, and, and let me be really um, pointed here, like, poverty is not good, right? Nobody Nobody should be for lack of food and shelter and clothing um, but what I do think is interesting is is how we have overlapped our um, our own cultural perception of what is good and imposing that on other cultures there and like you're saying, we have something so significant to learn from cultures who that know how to slow down better and that do know how to rest and know when to say enough is enough um, that gosh, there there's something there too, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Enough enough is, enough is enough Like it's just <laughs> what we're looking for is right in front of us. You know, we already right. have what we're looking for. And right. there's something super poetic and and lovely about that concept when we realize that like we don't have to like go off and create this amazing experience but like most of the time it's just listening a little bit more deeply to the person that we're Talking to, in the
1: moment, right, right, right. You know, and I, I do wonder what's it, what is that for us? Like, like even in 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 Hebrew, in Israelite culture, it would have been that concept of dinu, which means it enough. Like, it would have been enough, and there there was a recitation, you know, once a year in the Passover festival, where, you know, basically thanking God, like it would have been enough if He had done this, and it would have been enough. It would have been enough, and it's this reminder of. We live in abundance, and yet all we can see is scarcity around us. And it, I just wonder what what would a practice be like for me? You know, like what, what could I do to kind of snap myself out? And I do, I do wonder about gratitude, you know, as a practice of of saying, you know, when I have, there's so much good, you know, I can stop. I really can. This world will keep rotating without me doing these things or caregiving or whatever. I, I can really stop, and um, and I do think that that lots of other cultures get that a whole lot better than we do. Um, yeah. 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 I, I, that's so powerful, especially as
0: a mother. It sounds like such mm-hmm. a powerful moment to be able to like realize that you you don't have to be everything for everybody. Right.
1: Can you talk a that's bit about right. what your
0: experience is like as a mother with
1: uh-huh. the enough? <laughs> yes. Yeah, what a good question. Um gosh, there I, I feel like there's you know, again, these could be such long conversations, but parenting to me is like one of those those cultural such <laughs> a fascinating moment in time. Um in which the, the, I think that is the constant message for the culture is never enough, right? Like you can never um, provide enough resources. Like even saving for college, there's never enough, right? All the way down to there's never enough. Fill so in the blank, like music instruction or competitive sports teams, or uh, you're not you're not doing all of these things right. I mean that perfectionism thing is so darn high. Um, and I do wonder what is underneath that too, right? Um, but I just i don 't know to me i I have three I know everybody loves their kids. But I have three of the coolest kids <laughs> on the planet, and they teach me constantly about that of slowing down. I mean we even have family rhythms in our household we don't we don 't do media is what we call it it's in the screen time throughout the week, and so Saturdays is the one day that we allow for screen time, but it allows a lot of time to just stop and be bored, you know, and to play card games together, and to really, as a family, I I'm, we've tried really hard to slow down, and let me tell you, there—that that is a hard, hard, hard decision as a family to make um, when everybody else has a phone on, and we've turned our phones off, and we sit down and eat a meal together, and give thanks for the things that we have, and um and stop really, as a family <clears throat> and and then too, just parenting wise, I just think yeah there there is no greater trap than thinking that I need to be all and do all um for my children and um and not genuinely taking care of myself first so that I have something to give to them that is That is probably one of the bigger struggles I think that i I personally face and um, the recognition of that, and then actually doing something about it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's so cool
0: to hear you say that, though, because it what I hear is that you slowing down for yourself, albeit imperfectly, I'm sure.
1: Right, um, yeah, you, you,
0: imperfectly. Effort, you know, having this conversation with yourself and other people, working to put boundaries on your time and your energy, which I I think a lot of this does come down to setting boundaries around I can give this much mm-hmm. and at this point it doesn't come from right. the right place anymore.
1: Right. But then within
0: that, that already you've been able to create another culture within your family um, mm. where rest is a value and stopping is, you know, important and that boredom is okay. Um, right. And and then the, what gives me so much hope when you say that is like if, if you can create it for yourself and if within that you can create it for your family, like, why can we not create it in a bigger way for our culture? And then this might start just in the more immediate community of, you know, being able to, like, model this behavior for an office place or right. a church or, you know, that's- other community spaces. And then if you get enough people who are really willing to have this conversation together, like, that's how we make social change. That's exactly yeah. right. And, yep. and the cool thing yep. about the self-care m- movement is that there's an access point for everybody. Like, everybody needs to practice self-care. It's not gendered. It's not age-based. It's not race or religion-based. It's, like, That's it's right. really the place that we all can have an access point into this movement.
1: That's exactly right, which is why this is so important. So good work, Gracie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my so gosh.
1: Thank you. You too, Jessie. It's it's really it's just so cool
0: to hear to hear how it's playing out in your life and and what I would love to do is actually have you back on again if if you would be okay with that we could maybe pick a date in the future and and I'd love to dig a little bit more into like like environmental concerns and a few other topics because I feel like we just Gosh, we could have yeah, this conversation for hours.
1: Surface, yeah, that would be
0: great. Oh, okay. Well, I I just I really appreciate you being here and taking your time and sharing so, so honestly about your experience. And I think that's mm-hmm. what, what I get always that, like from people that really shift me is because they're willing to tell the truth about what's hard mm-hmm. and, and how mm-hmm. they, they still make it a priority. So I, I admire that in you. And um, if, can, can you talk a little bit more about how people can um, follow your work um, and keep up with you?
1: Yeah, sure. That that's fine. I I actually that's one of my other things is I've tried to take a, a step back a little bit from social media right now, but but certainly um on the jacobswellchurch.org podcast um can certainly follow along um with, with sermons. That's probably the easiest way. And otherwise, I just love having conversations. So my my email address is on there too, so people can certainly I'm always interested in it in a two-way dialogue. So, yeah, definitely. That sounds great. Um, yeah. So
0: let's put it to be continued on this. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes. And, um, yeah, I hope you have a restful rest of your day. And everyone who is listening out there, um, you know, I, I, I think just, like, maybe take a moment to reflect after you listen to this conversation and and think of, like, you know, that one little practice, maybe making that list, maybe deciding to, like, Put your electronics away a little bit earlier before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. I don't don't think of this as being some big abstract concept, which which it can be. But like, um, I hope that you can find that little practical entry point and just notice right. notice how it feels. And let me know if you have any questions or comments or feedback.
1: Thank Thanks, Jesse. Well, thanks so much, Gracie. Have a great day.
0: You too. Bye bye. All right. Take care. Bye.